I've always said, and uh, it's true, that no one and nothing can change your life or no one and nothing can change you until you decide to change, until you make a decision to change your life and move forward in your life. And with that being said, this episode is about habits. It's about habits, routines, and how to build good habits and break old and bad ones. How to make your life better and create a better future for yourself and ultimately for those around you. So today's episode is about a book review that I want to do for one of my favorite books about habits. Atomic Habits. I hope that you benefit from this episode, you learn something from it, and hopefully this will motivate you to read that book as well and improve your life for the better. So let's get started. So I would like to start this episode by explaining a few very important keywords from the book, uh, 10 very important vocabulary words or uh, concepts in the book that I thought that you would benefit from it. The first one is Kaizen. Kaizen. Kaizen is a Japanese term for improvement or change for the better the next word or the next uh, phrase is identity based habits identity based habits are those habits that form based on one's underlying identity based on the person's underlying identity the next one is the compound effect. The compound effect refers to the long-term growth that results from small, consistent habits that accumulate over time. Say you've been practicing English for one year and now the compound effect would be all the improvement that you have done by being consistent for one year. The next one is priming. P-R-I-M-I-N-G. Priming means triggering a certain behavior or response by presenting an associated stimulus ahead of time. So preparing for something. Priming. Priming your environment means preparing your environment for a certain routine or behavior. The next vocabulary word is keystone habits. 
Keystone habits are habits that, once developed, cause other positive habits to occur. Keystone habits. For example, if you like being going to the gym, can probably be a keystone habit because if you go to the gym consistently, then it will improve your other areas of your life, like eating healthier, having a positive mindset, and creating better habits. So that would be an example for a keystone habit. The next phrase or vocabulary is habitual cue. Habitual cue refers to an environmental trigger that signals the beginning of a habit loop. The next one is self-signaling. Self-signaling is using external cues to remind you to start a desired habit. So it's kind of like a cue. All right. The next phrase is new reward, N-E-W, reward. The expected reward after performing the desired habit. So maybe you have created yourself a reward. You say, if I do this, I will give myself this, this reward. That is the expected reward. The next phrase is reticular activating system. Reticular activated syst- activating system is a part of the brain that filters what we pay attention to. And finally, number 10 is self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is belief in one's abilities to succeed at a specific task. So believing in your own ability that you're going to succeed, you say, for example, if I start practicing English, I know that I'm going to be fluent. That is self-efficacy. All right. The next part is going to be uh, about 10 powerful quotes about this book. And after that, I'm going to give you an overview about the book and three things that I really love about the book and summarizing key points about the book, Atomic Habits. And then we will end it with a poem that comes at the end of the book. So... If you like this episode, please share it with your friends so that they can also benefit from it and so that they can learn something new from this book. So the first quote is, the way you feel is a result of the habits that you have. So basically, your emotions are the result of your habits. Number two. We underestimate the power of starting small. We're always trying to start big, having big goals. And we don't give a lot of importance to the fact that small change or starting small is actually really, really powerful. 
if we are consistent. The third quote is, little things can have a big impact, but it takes a while to see the result. It's very powerful. That is very powerful. Number four, if you want to make a big change, you're going to have to start by making small changes. You see, everything is about small, small, small. You don't need to start big. You need to start small. Number five, habits make change inevitable. The habits that you have, whether you like it or not, are going to make changes in your life. And if those changes, if the habits are good, the changes will be good and they will be inevitable. Number six, motivation is overrated. What matters is habit. So, because you can't be motivated every day to go to the gym, to practice English, to uh, eat healthy. But if you have the habit, you will, be more, you will feel more disciplined to do it, even when you're not motivated. Number seven, winners and losers are not determined by luck. It's determined by systems. Number eight, if you want better results, then forget about setting goals. Focus on your system instead. And if you read the book, you will understand what he means by system. Number nine, you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. And finally, number 10, the only way to truly change your beliefs is to change your behaviors. That's how you can change your beliefs. All right, so what is Atomic Habits? Well, Atomic Habits by James Clear is, is actually one of the best books out there on personal development and how to develop powerful habits in your life. This book explores in depth how small changes in behavior can lead to big changes in your life. The author, James Clear, covers a wide range of topics from understanding why bad habits are hard to break to replacing bad habits with good ones and finally making a desired behavior more automatic. He also gives practical advice on how to build habits, avoid pitfalls, and ensure progress. The illustrations and examples throughout the book make it simple and easy to understand and the tips and reminders have the potential to make a big difference in your life atomic habits is is actually a very very good read for anyone who wants to create positive changes in his or her life it teaches both the fundamentals of habit building and the importance of being intentional 
in life, having awareness in life. There are many measures and exercises to help readers learn and apply this life-changing information. So if you're looking for a book to help you understand how habits work, to understand how behavior works, how to live a better life, how to build better habits and break bad ones, this is the book for you. And I have learned a lot from it myself and that's why I recommend it for my listeners. And I really hope that this will help you build better habits. So anyway, uh, I want to talk about three things that I really love about this book. The first one is I really love how each chapter starts with a powerful story. Like, for example, chapter nine, which is about the power of family and friends in shaping your habits. Um, the author starts off by talking about the story of the Polgar sisters. Um, this is the story of three successful chess players who became world champions from a very early age, as early as five years old. They became successful because their father, Laszlo Polgar, believed that a genius is not born, but is educated and trained. So what he did was he created an environment for them, for his three daughters, at a very early age at home, that everything was about chess. And actually, he did this to test and prove the power of your environment on habits, on behavior, and lifestyle. And interestingly, the three sisters actually became world champions and had a very successful chess career of over 20 years. And they actually really loved playing chess. It wasn't like their father forced them into it and they got stuck with it. They actually really, really loved it. So uh, that's one thing that I like about this book. Every chapter starts with a powerful story. And there are many, many other stories throughout the book. But that's one thing that I was thinking of when I wanted to um, make this podcast. The second part... Um, or the second thing that I really like about this book is that how easy and simple the language is to understand the concepts, the methods, and the experiments used to build good habits and break bad ones. He breaks down each method into simple and easy to understand steps to follow. When you read it, you can relate to many of the ideas many of the stories and the examples mentioned in the book and this will probably help you to adapt to these more easily. Another reason why this book is easy to understand is because the stories, the examples and the experiments used in the book are from different countries and different cultures around the world. So it doesn't matter where you're from, what country you're from, you may understand and relate to the stories. And finally, the third reason that I really, really love 
love, love about this book is that at the end of each chapter, there's a chapter summary. This is my favorite part. I really love this because a lot of times when we're reading a book, by the time we get to the end of a chapter, we realize we've forgotten most of what we've read in that chapter. <laughs> um, I don't know, as far as I'm concerned. So this will help you review and remember the information longer. And also, if you wanted to review some topic in a chapter in the future and you don't remember what page or you don't want to read a whole chapter again, you can simply go to the chapter summary and find the topic you were looking for. I don't know. I just really love the chapter summaries. So, um, okay. So what is this book really about and what is the meaning of atomic and atomic habits? Atomic describes something extremely small or an extremely small part of a thing. And of course, it comes from the word atom, which means the basic unit of a chemical element. So something very, very small. And atomic habits means small, tiny habits. Why does he talk about tiny habits, not big habits? Well, because our daily lives consist of very, very small habits that make up the whole day, the week, the month, the year, and ultimately our entire lives. If you want to change something in your life or make a big change in your life, you must first look at what you're doing right now, today. And you need to start from there. Replacing the thing or the habit that you want to stop doing with the thing or the habit that you want to start doing in order to change your life for the better. That's it. That's why Atomic Habits. And for that, you need self-awareness. And there's a big part in the book that talks about self-awareness. And I would say probably self-awareness is the most powerful tool you can use to change your life for the better obviously and self-awareness is being aware of your actions watching what you say and what you do basically watching yourself on page 65 james clear says the goal about awareness is to simply notice what is actually going on. Observe your thoughts and actions without judgment or internal criticism. Don't blame yourself for your faults and don't praise yourself for your successes. If you eat a chocolate bar every morning, acknowledge it almost as if you were watching somewhere else. Oh, how interesting. How interesting that they would do such a thing. So basically, if you have a bad habit and you keep repeating it, start having awareness about it and observe that action without judging yourself. 
don't be hard on yourself. And that is the first step to behavior change. I mean, basically, if you don't point at the problem, how can you solve it, right? You first need to identify the problem, put your finger on it without judging yourself, and then start doing something about it. Okay, so according to this book and according to many research, there are four important steps or stages that make a habit work. Cue, craving, response, reward. Every habit consists of these four steps. And there are many really good examples mentioned in the book. Here's one. Cue. Your phone buzzes with a new text message or a social media notification. Craving. You want to check and learn the contents of the message. Response. You grab your phone and read the text. And reward. You satisfy your craving to read the message. Grabbing your phone becomes associated with your phone buzzing, getting a text, a social media notification like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, TikTok, etc. And that would be the reward. And then James Clear brilliantly links each stage or step that makes up a habit with a very important law of behavior change. So remember, key craving response reward. And so it, there are four stages of behavior change. And in the book, he discusses four important laws of behavior change. And he links each one, each law with each stage. So for example, Q. The first law is make it obvious to see. Make to create a new habit. The first law is to make it obvious. So you need to make the cue obvious. The second law, which is linked to the craving stage, attractive. Make the craving attractive. So the second law is make it attractive. The third law is linked to the third stage, which is easy. Make the response or the routine easy to do. And finally, the fourth law is linked to the fourth stage, which is reward. And he says, the fourth law is make the reward satisfying. And I think that's crazy. That's so awesome. And according to James, you can find the answers to all the questions you have about habits somewhere in these four stages and laws of behavior. So, for example, here's, here's one really good example about how these four laws work. So the first one is make it obvious. This law involves making good behaviors obvious and clear. For example, 
put healthy snacks in plain view in the kitchen to make them more enticing. Or put reminders on your phone to remind you to practice a new skill. There was a good example in the book about playing the guitar. If you want to practice the guitar, but your guitar is tucked away in the closet, you cannot see it, so it's not obvious. Instead, if your guitar is in your living room, like somewhere you can see, this will make it obvious, it will motivate you to take action and practice. So that is the first law. The second law, make it attractive. This law is about making good behaviors attractive and non-boring, making the behavior interesting and fun. Example, try to make a fitness routine that you enjoy, like joining a fitness class or hiking or playing soccer or um, listening to really good music, like listening to your favorite music or going with your friend. So making it attractive and fun. That is the second law. The third law, make it easy. You need to make the routine, the habit, easy to do. This law is about reducing the friction associated with making good choices. For example, prepackage healthy snacks or meals so you don't have to worry about what to eat. Right? Or... Signing up to a gym that is on your way to work or on your way back from work. If it's on the way, it's easy to do. But if it's difficult to go to, it's really far away from your house, then it's not easy. You're not going to go. So that is the third law. And finally, the fourth law of behavior change is make it satisfying. The behavior or the routine should make you feel good after you finish it. This law is about increasing the reward associated with making good choices. For example, give yourself a reward after reaching a goal. For example, um, after completing a diet, buy yourself a new outfit. Track your progress and celebrate your successes. And, or you can use a checklist or a reward system to mark off each day you practice a new skill. So doing something that makes you feel good, makes you feel satisfied after you finish each task or routine or habit that you're trying to build. And that brings us to the end of this book review or this episode and I'm going to end this episode with a powerful poem by Lao Tzu that James Clear writes at the end of the last chapter which is chapter 20 and I, I think it's really really powerful men are born soft and supple supple means bending and moving easily and gracefully so Men are born soft and graceful or soft and flexible. Dead, they are stiff and hard. 
That means when men are dead, they are stiff and hard. Plants are born tender and pliant. Tender, soft. Pliant means flexible and easily bent. Dead, they are brittle and inflexible. So that means when plants are dead, they are hard and it can easily break and shatter. Thus, whoever is stiff and inflexible is a disciple of death. Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. The hard and stiff will be broken. The soft and supple will prevail. I'm going to read it one more time without explaining any vocabulary. Men are born soft and supple. Dead, they are stiff and hard. Plants are born tender and pliant. Dead, they are brittle and inflexible. Thus, whoever is stiff and inflexible is a disciple of death. Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. The hard and stiff will be broken. The soft and supple will prevail. And that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And I hope this will motivate you. This will push you to bring some good changes into your life and to improve your life in general and I hope that you will share this episode with your friends on social media so that they can also benefit from this episode I really enjoyed making this episode and I hope that you enjoyed listening to it thanks for listening until next time